Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with Matt Champion and people who prefer music that's ambient. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin. Let's get No Captain. I am your captain. I don't know if we have the rights to more than that, but there we go. All right, presumably that that had something to do with something. Uh, I don't get it because... That is the old song that used to play whenever we scored uh, AC Milan's uh, anthem. Ah, shout out to AC Milan! Quite a while ago, uh, I remember hearing that song as a young child back when we used to be in the Champions League. It's been seven long, seven long years. But we're back, baby. I'll talk about that later on. Unless you want to start off with that. Paul, you got anything else you want to talk about? Welcome back to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with AC Milan fans. That's true. Shout out to AC Milan. We've been following their career. I think we're the number one podcast following their career. career. (laughs) (laughs) We've been following (laughs) their ascension. (laughs) Their ascension from scrappy little little Italian boys just getting together for a good time. (laughs) There's a lot of young men without a lot to do in Italy, so they have to get together, let out some aggression, and look at what they've become in one short year. it, it It was English expats. Look at what English expats in disgusting Italy having to spend their time doing anything other than spending time with Italian people. How that force of will drove them to become champions. Whenever the British go anywhere, they leave the place better than they found it. (laughs) And I think that's true in Italy as in everywhere else. Uh, When they founded Milan, which is why it's obviously not called Milano because it was found by Englishmen. yeah, no, so I was, uh, there's been some notable victories um, recently, so I'll talk about a few of them. That's kind of the impetus of this episode. I'll, this will also be like my media roundup a little bit. Um, let's see, uh, and then Paul can talk about any notable victories from his recent times. Um, let's see, uh, rap battle event this weekend, watched that with Phil, had a great time. We got Geechee Gotti versus Rum Nitty in the finals of the Ultimate Madness tournament because they both won, they were victorious in their respective semifinal bouts. Um, Just today, we officially turned in our union authorization cards, Uh, and so uh, the process of counting uh, signature cards for the largest unionization of academic workers in U.S. history has been won today. That's pretty historic. Very excited about that. And then, uh, yeah, uh, our uh, our women's team for Milan uh, ended the season in second place. They are going to the Champions League for the first time in their history. And then the men's team, uh, after a... Uh, final match day where three games are going on at the same time where we could have either ended up in second place or fifth place depending on how all the results played out uh we had the hardest opponent we had to win our game uh, actually at the end of it we could have tied and still gotten through but uh yeah beat atalanta 2-0 after seven years we are back in the champions league and uh boy it feels good it feels real good i was a teenager the last time i got to see uh milan play on the big stage so um that was a uh, ate a pizza drank a lot of Negronis, uh, did a lot of celebrating yesterday. All right, my victories as of recent. Um, I finally caught a Shiny Clefairy on Pokemon Red, so that was pretty big for me. Um, that's it. All right. Equal winning on Paul and Adrian's side. We are both uh, Charlie Sheening it, as, as, as the kids would say. Oh my god, fuck Charlie Sheen. I don't know why you'd go after the backbone of two and a half men like that. 
Yeah, you're just gonna erase all the contributions that Ken made because he came out as a fundamental Christian. Did he do that? He denounced the show for being about sex. Oh my god. And and that's why you're taking away his contributions and giving them to Charlie Sheen, because you, as anybody who listens to this podcast knows, are a deviant and a freak. That's true. I'm certified seven days a week. Wait, is what about the other guy who was... Did that guy do anything else besides Two and a Half Men? And also, he seems like he would be a fundamentalist Christian. I feel like uh, that guy has that vibe. Never watched the show, so I'm going completely off of um, No, they retired him to the farm where they put uh, Mr. Bean and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Legends of the game, Pee Wee Herman um, and Rowan Atkinson. I, I don't know if that comes through, but the, all those people have the same sort of vibe to me maybe sort of i was mostly just thinking about their controversies i don't think that dude even has a controversy he's so like bland yeah 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 oh yeah which one it's peewee herman that is an abuser or something no he just jacked off in a in a you know in a movie theater oh playing okay. a, a porn movie um and then that was like the victory of all the victories people have had getting caught jacking off in a movie theater not one of them that was not a w he was taking an l on that one um and then Mr. Bean, I think his only controversy is like recently he was like, you know how the UK is a real turf island? He He's really big on the, um, you know, cancel cultures coming for all of us type thing. Um, really? Oh, yeah. And I was like, you're Mr. Bean. <laughs> you're Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Senior Frijole. Why, why would they come after you? Cancel culture is coming for all of us. And also, I mean, are people asking enough questions about the Jewish problem? I don't know. <laughs> jq it's been how have we gone this far without talking about the jq <laughs> the, Jew, the jewish question <laughs> yeah people who like uh whatever let, let, let's go back to victories we don't need to make fun of conservatives okay. anymore um <laughs> let's let's go back to victories paul any notable victories throughout your life or recently what was the what was the last big one honestly not really i was even kind of lying about the shiny clefairy thing i still haven't caught one goddamn yeah, no, it's been uh it's been a hard year, Adrian, but next year is all about the W's, you know? Mm. Okay. This year I'm late. Wait, you're already this you're year already calling this year off in May. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even halfway through the year and you're already like, this one ain't gonna be good, but this one's the bad pancake, but next year. No, it's not like, the I'm bad pancake, right. it's a practice round. I'm really I'm I'm setting things up. I'm setting things okay. up. A lot of things are okay. coming into motion, but they're not gonna mature until next year. I like how w w when you're going with this gold chain DJ Khaled look, you're talking about you're talking real hustle shit right now. You're doing a lot of a lot of hustle. Adrian, right the now. gold chain is to give me the confidence on Mike for my persona to come through. They don't need to know about it as the audience. I, mean, I just need to know I'm wearing it, so I can certainly be the dressing best for the me. job you want. You're certainly dressing for the job you want. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, I did have a little bit of a media roundup. Just two albums I've been listening to recently. Okay. Uh, my job, I, I, for those who don't know who listen to the pod, I've recently gotten a new job. It's Which was is a victory. Yeah, not really. Anyway, it's harder than my old job. But uh, the main thing about it is because it's harder, I can't just listen to podcasts all day while screwing off and doing nothing. So I, I'm listening to music again because it's a little bit easier to work while listening to music. But so I've been getting into listening to new music again. And this week... Uh, listen to Porter Robinson's Nurture, which is like an electronic album that my roommate put me onto. It's really good. It's like I was about to say, it, didn't Ben recommend that on his episode? Oh, did he? Damn, I, I don't so, remember yeah. that. He might have, but it yeah, it's good. It's like it's really pleasant. It's really cinematic. It's really uh, 
it's honestly it, it's cinematic in the type of way where you could definitely imagine a teen coming of age story playing almost every song at some part as part of the uh soundtrack to that movie like that's the way it's cinematic it's uh Paul, what are you what are, what are you imagining in your head? Are you are you imagining a little Paul Perks of being a wallflower type story? Yeah, you, yeah, something like okay. that. It's like it's very saccharine and very uh, mm. nostalgic and uh, except for that and last very song positive. Where you and Emma Watson finally get together. You know, I never watched that movie, but I don't think they get together. Actually, I don't. Think I didn't watch the movie either. What was like like a ladybird type thing? You know what I'm talking about? And then oh, okay. So, you know, uh, I mean, it's not for everybody, but if you're in the mood to feel like a little, like to feel that type of saccharine, youthful emotion, it's not the best album in the world, but it, it hits that out of the park. It's nice, it's pleasant, it's good. Interesting. Um, and then an album that has really reinvigorated my interest in music, uh, 10 out of 10, incredible album, uh, Stove God Cooks, uh, his album Reasonable Drought from 2020. Hmm. Like, I, there isn't much to say. It's, like, great bars, great beats. It's not one of those things that's going to expand your mind, but it's it's all good braggadocious rap, so definitely worth a oh, listen. Oh, shit. Our Lyrical Miracle fans are going to get on to Paul in the comments. Our Lyrical Miracle fans are going to be upset. He's not he's not spitting any of that woke shit. He's, uh... I was 100% sure you were going to talk about the J. Cole album, because I thought you were woke, Paul. I thought you were, uh... <laughs> Is there a new J. Cole conscious, album? bro. Yeah, there's been no buzz about it at all. Like, Phil told me it was okay, and then I haven't listened to any of it. I don't, yeah. It's made very little of a splash. Anyway, yeah. Stove God Cooks, Reasonable Drought. If you're looking for, like, good music to, to like, I don't know. Uh, how would I describe? Murder people, too? No. <laughs> if you're just looking for good music, man. If you're just looking for music that, that just makes you feel good because it sounds good and the flows are good and the beats are good and it's just all like, damn, he did it. Okay. All right. I did a worse job describing music than people who just call an album a vibe. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I would say that is probably true. Uh, it's it's notable, hard hitting. It's grimy. Any uh, notable producer they works with? Um, yeah, yeah. His own Rock show, Marciano which... produces the whole thing. So very notable producer. All right, um, which I didn't know Rock produced because I mean I'd listened to like the Rosebud series and all that. I just kind of imagined other people were producing those, but I guess he must produce a lot of his own shit if he's going to produce somebody else's album. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So victory, victory, hard fought victories. Probably. How do you feel about um, the goddess? The goddess victory. Yeah, Nike. Is she the goddess of victory? I think so. Also, if you want to use the Greek pronunciation, it'd be Nike, or how the British say it, which pisses me off beyond belief. Nike. Nike. You got those nikes on my feet. Get the fuck out of here. Or the way Killer Mike says it in a rap song, Nizikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're totally right. Okay, Goddess of Victory in both war and peaceful competition, which makes no sense to me because every competition is a war to me. That's how I see it. I'm com I'm competitive, bro. Paul, you competitive, bro, like me, bro? Dude, I am so competitive. You flipping board games if you're losing and shit, bro? Bro, I'm not losing board games. I'm cheating. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> Any real winner knows if you're not winning, get in on the download. Fucking, I'm playing poker with my friends at a cigar bar. They don't realize I've got all five pieces of Exodia hidden up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those friends. You don't realize I have a gun strapped to my waist. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't like Gold Chain Paul. He's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so wait, hold on. Did you actually that's a good line of questioning, Paul. Uh, competitiveness, cheating, any games that you were notorious for cheating at or that you caught someone cheating at or 
any notable uh, board game victories with your siblings or sibling rivalry or anything like that? Not really. My siblings were too old, so they just beat me at shit like that. Mm. Growing up, I was, like, competitive with my neighbors, but I think everybody was. We always, like, I was probably the second. Like, it, it was four of us that always played together everything and we had like the different things we were better than each other at we had like different teams to try to make it equal Mm. like in basketball it was always me and teddy versus josh and will is that because you were bad uh yeah but will was also pretty bad but not because he was actually bad he was short um i made up for that by being taller than him whereas josh was yeah he was a sports player at our school and Teddy was very fan. athletic, so which was weird because for the fact that he was like homeschooled and didn't do any actual like weight training, like you know, at the school or whatever, like that shit, like he really matched up with Josh pretty well for somebody who had to go to the gym every day for his like practice. Mm, okay, I guess that uh, makes sense. He was uh he was one of those natural Christian gorilla strengths boys. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of those Christian super soldiers that they made in the in the eighties. <laughs> um also teddy could uh shoot a basketball into a hoop while on a unicycle so. yeah he could uh if, i don't know if have i told this on the pod before i think it's come up where everybody in my neighborhood could unicycle except to me so josh teddy, you have not and will... told me that before <laughs> i did not know this either yeah yeah josh teddy and will could all unicycle they all bought unicycles and i was the only one i didn't realize that they so they had a unicycle gang i thought it was just his family that was into it his, uh, well every member of teddy's family had one including josh and then josh and will also bought them Okay. And I was the only one who never learned how to unicycle because I thought it and was And that is hard. your entire neighborhood, is those three houses. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There was you're a- telling me Olivia Pope was out there <laughs> unicycling and Jennifer Warsmith? I can't remember who the other person is. <laughs> Her dad yelled. You're telling, me, you're telling me Tiffany Peacock and Justin Eason were out there <laughs> unicycling? Justin Eason was Ed George never coming out. Tiffany Peacock was a goddamn angel. That's true. We don't deserve her. Um, And Olivia, her dad yelled at me once. We didn't want her out there with us. Mm. that story does really stick with paul i've heard it before about him being yelled at <laughs> i do i do still get upset thinking about that time her dad yelled at me i think that's a commonality paul and i have i think being yelled at by authority figures sticks with me for a long ass time just like as a kid it's just like it, his whole vibe was just like being aggressive towards children in the neighborhood it was like i don't like can you just not <laughs> I mean, when the when the when the Gen Zers say it's a vibe, I like his vibe. <laughs> I think it's that's partially why I take like such a strong stance on like when somebody is you know uh, like your sister is like you know she doesn't like kids in public being loud and stuff. Why I take such a strong stance on like no, as a society, it's our responsibility to like allow children the like space to like play and grow without being. Like, I have noticed that the. It. You're actually almost perfectly reiterating the language you've used before, which made me think, like, has Paul thought about this deeply in a way that I haven't? Yeah, I think it definitely stems from childhood where I just thought it was, like, so unreasonable that, like, people would be upset if we were playing basketball in the street. And it's like, I, come on, like, what else are we supposed mm. to do? I don't want to be inside all day. Like, get mm-hmm. over it. Bunch of hooligans in his neighborhood. I understand Olivia Pope's dad. Any any notable wins or lost stories from you, Adrian? Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really keep track of these things. I'm not a very competitive person. I do oftentimes make the joke about uh, people flipping the board because I actually did grow up with a board flipper. So my next door neighbor who I would play board games with a lot was one of those guys. And especially it sucks for games like Settlers of Catan where it's like, well, we didn't take a picture of the fucking board. There's no way we could like recreate exactly what it was before he decided that he was going to go all Hulk on us. Um, 
what else what was um, um teddy who i've mentioned earlier he was always a backstabber in games so he wouldn't cheat or break mm. the game but he would always like if you were playing monopoly settlers risk whatever it was whoever he made a deal with you knew he was gonna backstab him his move was always to backstab that's pretty that's pretty dope it's good that you have a reputation of doing that and still it works for you i like that yeah and then i don't know uh i was pretty good at smash brothers uh, but again, it's this echo chamber, dude. I could beat Dorley and like my neighbors all fucking day long. And then I got to like college where I was meeting new people and I was like, fuck, do you guys do this professionally? What the fuck? How is there this much of a skill gap? I thought it was good at this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that got insane. There's like a guy at Trader Joe's that I would like play with. And like it was the the the, the gap in skill level was insane. I don't these memories aren't very stark for me because as I've said before, not a very competitive person except for trivia for some reason i'm very competitive at trivia but also pretty bad at it too so it's not a fun combination um yeah let's get to the let's get to the fucking articles paul all right so adrian today i've brought to you an article okay paul's just gonna go first all right paul's just uh i think you texted me i think you texted me saying my article was better than yours why wouldn't i go first no i texted you that my first article that i sent you was better than mine okay do you want to go i'm sorry adrian no, just I like being offered the option. I just uh, didn't think. Uh, Adrian, please didn't think first. first place was so important for Paul, even when it comes to uh, order in which we read articles. Adrian, go first, please. I insist. No, I'm joking. I'm going first. Haha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, All right. so I think we've brought in Allison Green before. Uh, so check out Office Poopers and Office uh, Spookers if you want to uh, hear our take on the other Ask a Manager question. Ask a Manager is run by Allison Green, and she answers, as you would probably expect, work-related quandaries. Uh, her tagline is, and if you don't, I'll tell you anyway. What, what are her bona fides? I'm not sure. Uh, she has to be a manager, otherwise it would be false marketing. Legally, that would be an issue. Obviously. I just wonder what she's, like, is she the manager of, like, a subway down the road, or... <laughs> Okay. My boss got weirdly aggressive about winning a game and now keeps claiming I'm angry about it. A reader writes in, I work for a large company. Previously, I was in a small team which supported a small department, but at the start of the year, it was decided we would merge with another team and become the support group for the whole sector. The new team is headed by Ethel. It was agreed by management that we would have a team building afternoon out of the office for the newly mixed team to get to know each other better. Ethel decided we do a games tournament. Do you think that she means mixed? How baseball became mixed in the like nineteen forties, or yeah, that's that's probably <laughs> what started this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. And I think we know which one uh, Ethel's on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a lot of black women named Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> we split into small teams. I was on one, and Ethel was on the other. It was pretty fun, playing team games and solving puzzles, and it was nice to chat to my new colleagues in an informal setting. There was inevitable friendly competition, but all very lighthearted and harmless. Bizarrely though, Essel took it incredibly seriously. She got really aggressive, shouting that my team were losers and couldn't keep up. Every time our team crossed paths, she'd berate us and laugh. It made the whole thing awkward and added a weird tension to the day. But as we didn't all know each other and she was a boss, nobody really challenged it. We actually did end up narrowly losing in the end. Maybe Ethel successfully psyched us out, as the other team beat us to first place by just a few points. 
I wasn't particularly bothered. Competition isn't really my thing, which is perhaps what spurred Ethel on, but she latched on to me. She made a whole show of her team winning, and the organizer, who looked very uncomfortable by it all, had brought jokey little plastic medals for the winners, which made it worse. We cheered for them and said well done, but Ethel started waving her medal in my face, calling me a loser, and laughing. I just stood there, not reacting as I was so confused by it all. At one point, I laughed back and jokingly said I'd never seen a Thor winner before, but it only made her worse. She kept going on about how obviously mad I was, and how it would be hard being such a loser. <laughs> my team and I were just baffled by it all, and hers all looked hideously embarrassed. I was really mortified that this was my first interaction with the new half of my team. It's been months since, and the team has melded together well, but even now Ethel will occasionally pull her medal out of her desk drawer and wave it in the air, loudly asking, so others could hear, if I remembered the time she beat us. This happens every few weeks. She even tells new hires about it and goes into how angry I was and how much I'd <laughs> and how much I'd been rattled. I think she thinks it's a funny in-joke we share, but I don't find it funny at all. I've tried saying, it's been months, why are we still talking about this? But that adds fuel to her theory that I'm raging inside and spurs her on. <laughs> I've tried laughing it off, and that has the same effect. She claims I'm covering up my feelings. Once I just flat out ignored her, and she started pointing out to other colleagues that I'm too angry to talk. The whole time she's laughing like it's some big joke. I even mentioned it privately in our one-on-one, -on -one, but she started laughing and joking about my obsession with losing. I feel like this makes me look bad in front of the team, especially new hires. I have a reputation for being very calm and unflappable at work, and I'm wondering if this is a weird attempt to undermine that. I also wonder if this is her way of trying to win over new hires and having something fun to talk about with them, as she is a bit socially awkward. Our team members have mentioned to me how weird it is, and I don't think she realizes that it just makes everyone uncomfortable. Am I insane to let this get to me? How do I approach her and get her to stop without her insisting I'm a sore loser who can't take a joke? Ironically, I had zero feelings about this when it happened, but now when I see her pull the metal out, I do admit I start raging inside, like she says. I also feel like, as she's my boss, I have to be careful in how I talk to her. I just don't know where to go from here, and I'm annoyed I'm even having to write about it. Well, that's a doozy. Yeah. That is so funny. It sounds like we have a real fucking sore loser on our hand. We got a real whiny ass bitch. <laughs> I thought you might take that approach, Paul. Ethel is doing a little bit of a Paul move <laughs> that Paul likes to do. <laughs> this what? is definitely out of. This is definitely in the playbook of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Um, I, I think, mean, obviously, I think Ethel has a lot of good points about how whiny, <laughs> how complainy, how. Not only unskilled at the game she was, but how incapable she is of admitting Ethel's superiority to her. She literally couldn't even talk. She was so angry. Yeah. I think you're right. I think there's some good points there. I think this person writing in is 100% serious. I think if nothing else, they they legitimately are a little bit more upset that they're trying to let on with their whole, like, I'm just so chill and she's so irrational to manner. I, I don't know. I could see this building up over months and getting annoying, right? Like, this has been months. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That seems like that's enough time for that to be like, even if there was nothing at the beginning, now there's something. Is this because you're upset about the times I've beat you, so you're trying to make it like, be like the person who won and no, wrong? No, I'm not, I'm not simping for the, <laughs> for the question <laughs> are, you, are you simping for losers because you see a little bit of the loser in yourself, Adrian? 
Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Unlike I'm Ethel, saying... who's not only her manager because she's such a winner in life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been months since it happened, and she's still using it as her like gateway into like meeting the new people that come into work. Mm-hmm. Um, Ethel knows how to get under people's skin. That's why she's a winner. Yeah, no, for sure. If Ethel this is, is some real long haul shit. Anything, it she doesn't like you and thinks it's funny how much it's annoying you. That's my take. Ethel's is trying to let you know that she doesn't care for you. Do you think this is a an actual thing that the the question asker wrote in about? Like, I have a reputation for being unflappable, and Ethel, as soon as they mixed their departments, was like, "We'll fucking see about that." <laughs> If there's something I hate, it's unflappable people. <laughs> I do think this person writing it sounds a little annoyed because the way she's like, <laughs> I am being way too pro Ethel, but for some reason, maybe it's because I do make this joke a lot when I win at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that she wrote in was, I have a reputation for being unflappable makes me feel like she's the type of person who, when HR came in and taught them about having personal brands, which is something that's happened at my company, she took it really seriously mm. and went, I'm actually really calm, and people think of me as unflappable. That's my personal brand at work. Mm. Who writes like Interesting. that? I'm, I'm a, I have a reputation as being unflappable. That's a weird thing to say. I've said that before. <laughs> I can see why you identify with Ethel. I can see why I identify with the question asker. <laughs> I, I, um, I've said that before too while reading the question. I said it. That's true. Technicalities. That's what we're all about. No, I've uh, in high school in the IB class that I was in of like eight people, we were together for like two years, or whatever. I was described on multiple occasions as um, a very even person, mm. um, and so I would sometimes say that to other people is like that's how I've been described. <laughs> I've been described as uh, stout, heartthrob, even tempered. Um, no, Ethel, what Ethel is doing is legitimately, and I feel like I'm somebody who, I, I don't use this often, but I, when I want to get under people's skin, I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been told. <laughs> um, Call such a good little troll. And I, it feels like Ethel is purposefully has an issue with her and is trying to annoy her in the most, like, petty yeah, way but possible what do, you, what, do you, what do you think the start of that was because it feels like she had her targeted from the beginning or do you think it was because she was the person in second place i think it's literally because what the writer isn't letting us in on is that during that day she was a little bit salty about losing and mm. ethel just kind of caught on to that and it's like isn't it funny that she's a little bit salty about it but it's trying to pretend like she's above it all and unflappable let's see if I can push this into her getting her to finally admit that she's like, wants me to stop. I could see that. I could see that. So you think that... Um, I think there's a Ethel... hint of truth to what Ethel is doing and that's what's annoying right. the question writer and why she keeps trying to take a I don't care stance, which is why Ethel keeps doubling and you're saying down on it. That's mistaken, is that uh, the question asker should just admit that she's angry about it and then that'll end everything. That's your advice. No, no, not at all. My advice would be to do what I would do in this situation if I was dealing with an Ethel, which is to claim I won until everybody I won and when a new hire came in, try to get to them that's, first and tell them about that's how... That's pretty good. I do, and I, I do like that idea. And I would be like, Ethel is such a sore loser. She keeps telling people she won, dude. It's really sad. Like, you cannot believe how deluded Ethel is. It's honestly, like, it's kind of humiliating. Don't say anything. If she said, does it around me, I'm going to pretend to be unflapped by it. That's one of my things. I'm unflappable. That's kind of my brand. <laughs> That's kind of my brand. That'd be my suggestion. Um, Get to the new hires first. 
Hmm. I like that. I like that. I feel like as the manager, she probably has quicker interactions with them than you do as random person who works there. Yeah, but she's not bringing it up at the like first time of meeting the new hires. She's bringing hmm. it up the first time she introduces the new hires to you. So you just got to get to the new hires during like a bathroom break or when they're walking through that, like any time before she knows you've already interacted with them. Like you just got to like bump into them and, oh, you're, you're new here, right? Today's your first day. Like, let you know, like, do you need anything? Let me, like, if you need to know anything, I can show you around the office, let you know where things right, are. Like right. you can strike up a convo and then you can. I like it. what you're going for. I like that that also creates such a weird situation for the new hires where they're like, <laughs> I don't understand this workplace. <laughs> I don't understand the dynamic of what's going on in this workplace. Um, a couple things. If you're, if you're going to do Paul's advice, which is not my advice, but if you're going to do that, I would uh, punch it up a little bit with, um, do a wacky Ocean's Eleven type scheme to steal the trophy from her desk. That way you can have it and uh, pretend you've always had it. Um, and then part two is if her team was actually embarrassed by her behavior, get them to also co-sign your version of reality to really make this person question whether or not they actually remember things correctly. Uh, I I would say go for like a real deep, dark psychological trauma uh to inflict on this person get another slightly nicer but very similar looking trophy made up for yourself and then the <laughs> get a bigger trophy <laughs> um okay so wait do we have any actual... oh my advice for um this person I, li- I like paul's advice i think it's workable i think you should maybe try it but if you can do a thing like a a save reload in a video game i would also try out a strategy where um you admit that you're angry about the competition and you challenge her to a new competition, something that you know you can win at, and challenge her with the loser dying, mm. being put to death. <laughs> Do a challenge. No, to no, death. no, no, no. Adrian, Adrian, that's too much. Why don't you just challenge her to a regular, no strings attached game of Yu Gi Oh? And then last second, you admit that you're <laughs> going into, into the, the spirit realm. <laughs> into the shadow realm. Shadow realm. <laughs> <laughs> and she loses her soul forever if she loses. Ah, uh, yes, I will battle you on this children's card game <laughs> over my soul. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. I like that I too. Mean, it worked for a lot of people. Well, actually, it didn't because they always ended up losing to Yugi and they went to the Shadow Realm. But it, they tricked Yugi into dueling them. That's true. They got their foot in the door. That does get your foot in the door. And I think that's what you need here is you need to get her to accept. So if she's smart, what she'll do is she'll say no, like she'll do what I was going to do, which is if I ever beat my friend Kate at Settlers of Catan, I was never going to play with her again for as long as I live. That way I can Mm -hmm. die a champion. If she was smart, that's what she would do. She would say no to any kind of competition. But if she is actually as obnoxious and annoying as you say she is, I bet she would accept. So I would say either do a training arc or pick something you're naturally good at um, that you can do well. Or pretend to be horribly bad at something, like have like a basketball hoop installed outside of the office and and yeah, hustle her. Just keep shooting from like two feet away and pretending you're missing horribly. And then when she comes out, just not getting any better at this. Maybe if we made it into a game, it'd be fun. You want to play some horse? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, a common Adrian joke is like, if you're like about to play pool, which I'm not even that good at is to like make the joke of where you like do a good shot and you're like, yes, you guys want to put money on this? I don't even know. What is this? How is it? How do you say this? Billiards? I don't know. I've never played this before. <laughs> you do uh, always do the, how do you pronounce this? She's <laughs> <laughs> a, it's a classic Adrian bit. You guys can use it. Yeah. Anything else for this person? You ready for the answer? I am ready for the answer. All right. Yeah. Or quit your job. That's yeah. another one. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it horrifying that these people have this much power over our lives that they're if they're asses, we just have to figure out how to navigate the situation intelligently? 
I'm glad I don't work in an environment like that, dude. It's, uh, yeah. That's why, like, Damon Anthony Dash says, I'm my own boss. I can promise you this isn't making you look bad. It's making Ethel look unhinged. In theory, you could try saying something like, you know, I wasn't angry at the time, and I was baffled as to why you kept saying that I was, but I am getting frustrated that you keep bringing this up and attributing emotions to me that I don't have. It's weird to hear about this every few weeks. Can we agree to put this to rest? But based on what you've said about Ethel, I'm skeptical that it would make any difference. You can give it a shot since I don't think you can make her any worse. And at this point, who knows, it might help, but I wouldn't count on it. Another option is just to say in a tone of extreme boredom every time she brings it up. It's so weird that you think that. Maybe quickly follow it up with something work-related like, Hey, can I ask you about the email from the client? Which might short-circuit whatever rant about your anger she's about to go on. This is the second time Ask a Manager has always tried to redirect it back to work. This is the second time we brought her in. It's the second time her advice has always been, Wait, 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 okay, this is happening. But make sure you guys get back to work. You're not there to horseplay. Also, such bad advice for a bully like this, trying to redirect, she's going to sniff that out from a mile away. That's like mm-hmm. that's like trying to stand still behind the car when the T-Rex and Jurassic Park is coming to you. It's not going to work. She's going to be like, I know you don't give a fuck about the Johnson file. <laughs> Let's talk about this trophy. Yeah, no, don't try that. Her first part, not her first first thing, but the part where she said, oh, you can say it's so weird that you think that, that's good. But you can't try to pivot after that because she's going to sniff out that Mm. sad attempt to pivot and make mock you. What you need to do is say what she said. It's so weird that you think that and make a perfect eye contact, unflinching, unmoving, no smile on your face. Mm. Really, though, I think the most effective option at this point is to let it go. I think you've been searching for some way to shut it down because it's annoying you, and you're concerned that it makes you look bad to other people, but really, it doesn't. New hires who have seen you to be a generally calm, reasonable person aren't going to believe that you're actually a raging sore loser with an anger management problem. They're just going to think Ethel is being really weird, or at most, they'll think there's a funny story there and aren't likely to give it a lot of thought. The least likely scenario is that they'll come away thinking less of you, so simply detaching and deciding not to care is a good path here. As for what's going on with Ethel, I don't think her social awkwardness is irrelevant here, and I suspect you're right that she's seized on this as something fun to talk about, without picking up on how weirdly it's coming across to other people. She's like that person who stumbles on a goofy joke about your hair or your height or your desk one day, and then just keeps repeating it every time they see you, thinking it gets more hilarious each time. But really, mm. but really, people around you are going to see this just as clearly as you do, and will know pretty quickly that it's about Ethel, not you. Wow. Okay, the old sit-and-wait approach. Yeah, it's it's really amazing how every time we've brought in Ask a Manager, she's managed to take, like, super fun, zany questions and just really pull out any any sort of enjoyment we could have had right out of them. Alrighty, I'm ready for column number two if you are. This is a special advice column from USA Today, and this column is written by Stephen Petro. So I'm going to read, uh, for the first time in a while, I'm going to do the actual, I, I did the actual legwork to find a bio on him so I can give a little introduction to this guy since we're doing a new one. Stephen Petro is an award-winning journalist and book author who is best known for his Washington Post and New York Times essays on aging, health, and civility. He's also an opinion columnist for USA Today, where he writes about civil discourse and manners. Stephen's 2019 TED Talk, Three Ways to Practice Civility, 
has been viewed nearly 2 million times and translated into 16 languages. He's a much sought-after public speaker, and you're likely to hear from him the next time you stream NPR or one of your favorite or least favorite TV networks. So, really obsessed with civility and manners. So I guess he makes a good he makes a good agony uncle, I suppose. All right. Uh, so this is in their tech column, Digital Life: How to Stop a Words with Friends Cheater. I hope there's some good actionable advice here because I need it. Oh, I do too. I, if you're wondering why we're bringing in a Words with Friends column, it's because it's uh, six years old. So. Uh, here we go. Question. I love playing words with friends, and I've been doing so for several years now. I play with old friends as well as strangers, sometimes becoming friends with those strangers. But in the past week, I think one of my quote-unquote friends is cheating. She's using words I've never seen her use before, and all of her scores are suddenly much higher. Do I accuse her of cheating, or just stop playing with her? Should I warn others? Sign. Anonymous. So your guilty conscience has finally gotten the best of you. And you're admitting to it, Adrian. What What is this about? What's all this about then? What's all this about then? <laughs> I, knew, I knew you couldn't have beat me all those times using only that pea-sized, only that pea-sized muscle you keep in your skull cap. The brain's not a muscle, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, this is why I lost you every time. So for the audience's sake, uh, me and Adrian did used to play Words with Friends with each other a good bit. Paul and I have a history of this. Yeah, and Adrian used to typically beat me, I would say, more often than not. But th- there was, uh, I mean, I, it wasn't completely one-sided. Well, and then that being said, I brought this in in a different way. There was a friend from Trader Joe's who was an absolute numbskull who I used to play, who would beat me a lot. And I knew he was doing things, so he wasn't like sitting there trying to figure out the best word every single time. He was definitely cheating. But he never admitted to it and always made me angry. Although I will say the one time me and Adrian played Scrabble in real life, I did beat Adrian at Scrabble, which does lead me to, you know, I, I that's not proof of anything, but it That's interesting because given the fact that we covered all of our major victories, you just kept that on, in your sleeve. Like you, you just kept that like where the, the general keeps his armies up his <laughs> sleeveys. You just decided last second that you were going to bring that up. You didn't have that locked and loaded for before in our general conversation. It, it's an October surprise, baby. Okay. It's a gotcha. Right. That is actually, you know what? Now that we're on the topic, I beat uh, Patrick, uh, my roommate freshman year at us uh, at Scrabble, and he was kind of an English major, very like well-read person, and he was very upset about that. I remember like when we were playing Scrabble, he was telling me a story about how in kindergarten he taught his teacher a new word that he like learned from a book that she didn't know. Um, so he was like very much touting his skills and abilities, <laughs> and then I won the game because Scrabble. Again, I think I've told the story before, like the French national champion was a guy who couldn't speak French because it's not about actually knowing words or anything. It's just about playing the game. But uh, yeah, he was very upset about that. Whereas it was way more fun playing with Phil, where I had to explain to him so many times what a proper noun was, uh, which just <laughs> there, there was so much time that we spent just high in the common room of my dorm. Me trying to explain that he can't put two <laughs> words together and what a proper noun was. <laughs> Oh my god, playing Scrabble with Phil must be so fun because there's no way he's not doing like slant rhymes like he's doing rapper shit. Like he's probably like coming up, he's gonna be like Shmeckable. <laughs> That's a word. Um no, the one that I vividly remember because we just like kept making it was like the joke of the night for us, which was a very common thing back then when we would just be high all the time. Um, is he tried to use uh he tried to get like a triple word score by putting the word gone vote down. And I had to explain to him that those were two separate words that you couldn't be put together. And he was like, no, 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 no. You know when you're, like, talking to somebody, like, get gone, vote, get gone, vote. <laughs> 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 and that's how he tried to think. 
That feels kind of true. I think he has a point. I think he might have a point. The, the entire night, that's what he was doing. Is He'd be like, no, 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 don't you know this guy with that last name? And I was like, no, but again, proper nouns, not allowed during the game. And he's like, we know, and they're like, get going, boat. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyways, I've, uh, I've won fair and square in this game quite a bit. Yeah, no, Phil sounds like, it, even in just in knowing Phil, think, I just imagine it being delightful and him <laughs> it's, being it's so very, funny it's, playing. It's, it's pretty Scrabble, funny, it's also one I mean? of those things that can wear thin a little bit after a certain amount of time. <laughs> uh, but at a certain point you realize, okay, I'm not playing Scrabble with Phil to play a full game of Scrabble, <laughs> I'm just playing to get some yucks out. But what I was going to say is that there was this really annoying thing where I think with uh, Words with Friends was kind of on its last leg where they added like a um, word rater where basically it would tell you how good the word you put down was based on the letters you had. And that basically became then whoever wants to put in the most time yeah. to figuring out what the maximum word is. Yeah, that really yeah. ruined the game once you found out about that. I don't even know if they put it in later or if I just found out about it at a certain point. But whenever it started becoming a thing I knew about. The game just kind of got ruined because it became about like, well, fuck, I'm losing, so I need to sit around yeah. to figure out what word is oh. the, like... You know what I just realized? Word. Did we need to describe what Words or Friends was at any point, or does everyone know? If you if you know, you know. It's it's just Scrabble Online with Friends. Um, it's famously very easy to cheat on because all you have to... There are websites where you could upload a screenshot of your board with your letters, and even before the, like, the word raider, it would... That, those websites would tell you what the best word to play is. Do you remember there was a kid at our high school called Arjun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the first fratty Indian dude of many that I've known in my life. It's a vibe. He, it's a good gig if you can get it. It's a vibe. It's it's, it's definitely a type of person um, that very much exists. We play Words with Friends together. And I remember, so apparently Words with Friends doesn't check on the server whether or not the word is in the dictionary. Mm-hmm. It checks based on the iPhone, and he had a uh, jailbroken iPhone, and I realized at one point he was cheating, and he was playing actual nonsense words, because he it would let him type in anything and submit it as a word. So he was just putting, like, it, it, like, it was words that were not part of the dictionary, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I, I checked, that word is not a real word, and he was like, oh yeah, I have a jailbroken iPhone, I can put down anything. Damn. So yeah, there was a hacked version of the game that let you cheat by just making any word into a word, which I think would have been really good for Phil. I that would have been pretty would have fun. That would have been a pretty delightful fun. time. Paul, let me ask you a question. But Arjun did not use it ethically as Phil would have to play funny things. Do you consider yourself a having a, as having a strong moral compass for playing this game? Did you ever cheat? I think it's not because I have a small strong moral compass. It's because it ruins it. The whole point is to feel superior. Like you want to win to feel better than the other person and if you cheated you don't so how do you square that with the fact that you've sent me text of screenshots of your board and your letters asking me for help on your words with friends before (laughs) how do you square those ideas together well i mean i mean that's that that's among gentlemen (laughs) you bringing that up (laughs) frankly i'm not not gonna say who it was against i actually i don't remember doing that but i'm sure i did I guess I don't consi- I didn't consider it cheating because it was like ah it's a person. Mm. Is that wait is that how you felt about when you like took tests and stuff in your SATs? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Yeah, I like how this was uh, started off as a gotcha for Adrian, and now <laughs> turn it back on you, baby. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> this is why you have to only ever play these games with people IRL. That's true. 
I, I will mention I uh like two years ago started getting into playing chess on uh like my iPhone or whatever or on my phone. A lot of vitriol on the chess app with the chat feature to the point where I just turned it off, like turned off letting people with chat random me. strangers. What were yeah. they saying to you? <laughs> a lot of a lot of broken English like threats to like come have sex with various members of my family, <laughs> and because it is international. When I say broken English, yeah, like, I mean, people who clearly didn't really completely speak English being like, I jizz on your mama tit. <laughs> and did that psych you out? Did that did they successfully win those games? Honestly, it kind of worked. That's why I had to disable it. I wasn't offended. It actually got to now me. You know how to get to Paul if you want to win a game against him. <laughs> I was like, damn. That makes sense. Hold on. Should we answer the question at all? Oh, um... I don't know. I just don't play with them. Be like, I'm like, phase it out and be like, oh yeah, I slowly stop playing. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, this is going to be very reminiscent to an article that we had on last week's episode where honestly, like, who cares? And again, with the whole like busybody, like, should I warn others? Like, no, who cares? <laughs> They'll probably figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> uh, no, no, you should definitely warn others. Put out, uh, have you heard of the app Next Door? Uh, words with friends cheater abouts in our community watch out it's a good point i mean it like notoriously is a game you can play with anybody around the world so i don't know if next door a very localized app is going to be the the best way to go about that but um i like where your head's at you're thinking paul there's also weird stuff where like um mark's dad was uh weirdly good at the game like one of those people that like because he cheated I I have to imagine he was also not a very smart person, very into Glenn Beck, very into Fox News. That's mostly what I know about him. He was a pilot. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was one of those guys where at least once a game he would get like a triple word score with like a Z or a Q on the triple letter score for like 90 points. And it's like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> oh, that was always my strategy to be bad at everything and then get one really great. <laughs> oh, no, going. it would be that in addition to like a bunch of other great moves. Gotcha. I think I only ever did that like once or twice. We're going back to shiny Pokemon type statistics. The uh, use every uh, tile that you have for the bonus with a 10 point tile on a triple letter on a triple word. Um, I think I once put down quizzes for a lot of points like that once. Any last th comments, Paul? No, not really. Uh, I, I can't really give any advice to this because it's so funny that they don't just stop playing with the person. Nobody expects you, like, it's not a social contract that you have to play Words with Friends with this person. Like, just stop. Be like, yeah, I kind of got over that game. But anyways, all right, let's get into this answer then. Let's see what old Steven Petro has to say. Answer. I've always tried to live by the aphorism, cheaters only cheat themselves. But sometimes, it's not so easy, even for me, to be quite so philosophical. I've played my share of Words with Friends too, and I like Scrabble. I love the competition and challenge. Sure, I prefer to win, but it's really about playing the game, right? I did a little digging in response to your question and, frankly, was surprised to see how many apps exist to help with Words with Friends. Oh yeah, this is when they did their research, not when they were trying to figure out what to uh, cheat. This uh -huh. is the answer of a cheater. <laughs> because everybody knows if you're playing Words with Friends, at some point you would knew about those apps because you went, how did they come up with that? Can you, like, that's when you learn about mm -hmm. the cheating apps, not when somebody sends you in a question to the, your advice column. This is sus ass mm -hmm, shit. Mm -hmm. They've been playing Words with Friends and didn't know about the apps. Um, how many apps exist to help Words with Friends players cheat? 123 came back on a quick iPhone search. Among them, 
Word Cheats, number one cheap app of all time. Auto Words with Friends Cheat, impress all your friends with the great words you can come up with. And Words with Friends Cheat, the quickest words with friends cheat on the net. Unfortunately, I could go on and on. Even worse, some apps help cheaters cover up their ill-gained scores. For instance, blogmybrain.com allows you to choose your level from junior high on up to world champion, so the tool serves up words your competition won't suspect that were fed to you. I couldn't get away with choosing world champion since no one would believe I'd come up with those words. But my very honest friend Amy could. Not that she'd need to. She also told me, it's so dumb to cheat on a game like this. What's the fun in that? My friends and I applaud one another's great moves. That's motivating. Cheating is the antithesis of that. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a bunch of people who are all cheating. They're definitely all cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, like, again, like, the, the word setting of, like, world champion. Like, world champions don't win because they, like, have the most expansive, like, you know, addiction or whatever. It's just like, you, you just know where to put the tiles. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes it helps if you're, like, barely into the game and you first learn out, like, learn all, like, the two-letter words that are important. Stuff like that. But you learn that very easily. I, I don't know. I'm not fully convinced. Um, but anyways. What to do. If you're playing with a stranger, I'd suggest finishing off the game and refusing any offers for a rematch. If your competitor is someone you is someone known to you, don't rush to judgment. But definitely keep in mind this paraphrasing of Gertrude Stein. A cheater is a cheater is a cheater. In other words, beg off in the future. As for a direct j'accuse, that's hard to do without actual proof, which you probably don't have. If enough people stop playing with your friend, either she'll get the message, or she'll think that she bested all of you and she's won. To that I say, a big fat whatever. Perhaps some young geek will take my friend Amy's advice. Invent an app that could detect cheating and I'd offer a reward for that. Agree or disagree with my advice? Let me know in the comments section. That was pretty boring. Another boring answer. Yeah. Definitely reads like a big old, big old cheaty-ass nerd. Also, why does he keep talking about his friend Amy? We don't know the characters in this play. My friend Amy is so cool. She could beat your cheating work <laughs> with friends. <laughs> Cheater. Paul, any any final thoughts on that uh, answer? Nah, not really. It was uh, It was all right. My advice is be in 2021 where no one does this anymore. My advice is watch out. Coronavirus is coming in 2020, y'all. <laughs> My advice is be on the lookout for this next presidential election. <laughs> See if you can go to Pennsylvania and do some canvassing. Man, you wanted Trump to win by higher margins? <laughs> what do you... Did you think that I meant in favor of Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> is that what you meant? <laughs> All right. Our third segment. We're doing a topical tip, so cue the intro music right now, and we're back. All right, Paul, so we're going to do a topical tip. This one is about our friends over across the pond in the European continent. It's about Eurovision. Hmm. Do tell. The competition just wrapped up on the 22nd of May. Today is the 24th. Honestly, unlike Words with Friends, I think you might actually need to describe Eurovision to some Americans. I think... 80% 80% of our audience would know, but I could see this being like a weird thing that slipped by. Some That's true. I mean, Will Ferrell just came out with a, with a movie about it. So I was hoping it was more in the consciousness. But yeah, Eurovision is a annual, except for 2020, uh, song competition where members of the European Broadcasting Union are eligible to submit a song from their country to compete in this big song competition it's only recently that they've allowed a more expanded base of people or countries to apply that they've done like relegations and like semifinals and like actual cutting of countries. But 
Uh, essentially, yeah, it's a tournament of different songs, and they get voted by other countries, and then that becomes the winning country for their song. Um, so it's pretty fun. It's one of the longest-running uh, competitions that's been televised, I think, since the 1950s. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, you know, pretty famous bands have done it before. I think, notably, this year, Flo Rida uh, represented San Marino or something. And, you know, you have bands like U2 and ABBA that have also done this before. Yeah, and then there's also just, like, small acts that get discovered from Eurovision. And um, that's that's the gist. I don't know that much about it. My parents loved it as a kid, so I definitely caught it a couple times as a kid. But uh, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched, like, a full Eurovision contest before. But this year's winner from Italia... Uh, is in a little bit of hot water for a scandal about potential drug use before the performance. Um, so this is Damiano David, uh, who was the winner. To besmirch the name of the good law-abiding Italian. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, Damiano David, who won the Eurovision competition for 2021 with his glam rock band Manskin. And uh, yeah, they won the competition, and then there were rumors spreading that he was high on cocaine during the final performance and therefore using a performance enhancing drug so that was the initial speculation and then it's just been as of five hours ago uh, the bbc has released an article uh saying that damiano david has been cleared of drug use by the broadcaster um so he was not on drugs he was high on life is he was cleared by a central european broadcast channel or a or not central european as in the central part of europe but like a coalition of european countries broadcasting or he was cleared by an italian broadcaster um no he was uh he was investigated by the european broadcasting union so the uh, organization that runs all of Eurovision. okay so paul thoughts on whether or not cocaine is a uh well thoughts on Eurovision or thoughts on uh potential drug use thoughts on whether or not cocaine is a performance enhancing drug I've never watched Eurovision, but I like the idea of it existing. It seems so silly and stupid that that it's kind of delightful. The, uh, my opinion on cocaine being a performance-enhancing drug for... For rocking. For, for, for being a rock star is that obviously it is, but also it feels like it should be in the I feel like one. they should take the award from him if he isn't using cocaine. Because especially like... Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of what they were shaking up the field with was like a pretty high energy rock song that was like a little like singy but also a little screamy so a little like higher energy um and this is in contrast to a lot of what are usually touted by their countries which are like very basic pop songs uh that kind of try to appeal to everybody so they kind of had a little bit of like a freshness to them and a little bit of like a kick-assery to them uh they're all very attractive italian people um female bassist and then uh, male drummer guitarist and singer all in very cute little outfits. Um, so they really shook up the game. And I think they have an aesthetic that I would be disappointed to find out that they were straight edge. Yeah. Yeah. Do we really want nerds to be representing the best of Europe? You've turned me. You're right. They should have to be using cocaine. That's what the test should have been for. I think so. In fact, I think it's a little discriminatory against Italians. Okay. To, I don't know. Where, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Make uh, make taking Molly illegal and make the British disqualified? What are you gonna do? Make uh, taking Crocodile illegal and the Russians can never win again? I like the idea of a singing competition that has a nationalism aspect to it. Um, is kind of is kind of funny to me. <laughs> yeah, the Germans really have to shy away from. They have to do the least uh, 
the least personal of all the uh of all the uh countries doing their national it does kind of show it does have that personality to it though like because i think there have been multiple times where like the germans do go for like a harder rock type thing where they're like we're we're germans we're we're a little tougher <laughs> and uh you know the italians are going <laughs> for like more of a glam rock thing and then the australians are doing whatever they do who knows uh do the uh do the north like do the norway sweden denmark do the scandinavian countries do like a metal thing metal stuff before yeah um what i was gonna say is that um oh yeah so because just to be eligible you have to be part of the ebu so uh, australia has performed before there's some other like later editions china got rejected there are a few countries like egypt and a couple other countries from that region that are eligible but have never tried to participate because israel is in the competition there is like a whole like uh kind of like backstory to a lot of these things about uh the politics that plays into things like i was reading a thread earlier where someone was claiming that people were still mad about brexit and that's why the uk got so few votes uh whereas other people were claiming that it was because the song sucks i listened to the italian band do their song and i'm not gonna lie it's actually pretty kick-ass i I kind of assumed you were gonna listen to it before the the thing so that we could talk about it but and then the belgian one i listened to and i could see why it got such a low score it is incredibly boring it's like a very boring like dark power pop thing does each country that enters have its own way of picking the song for that country like do some do votes some just like the ministry of entertainment picks or something like do they all i don't know if it's totally democratic Uh, everywhere i actually have no idea how they're picked wait am i watching the wrong right saying is it maniskin by zte buone okay i'll go ahead and stop it there but yeah for something that's one uh tournament for being the most popular thing that fucking was awesome i don't i don't have my usual paul pretty lit right anti uh anti what's popular take that was that was good and (laughs) such attractive young people adrian are you just horny for the band is that why you're taking such you know i like them i like the country of italy i think they deserve a win I, i was reading the comments on the belgian song that i was listening to which was horrible and the amount of comments that were like, this is what good music is. You know, they don't have got they don't gotta put on costumes or like, you know, be all like rugged. It's just about good, plain songwriting and musical composition. Uh it's not about the visuals during your, you know, during your song presentation. It's about good old fashioned music. And uh that just made me lean even harder into like these guys are fucking sick and the Belgians suck. Yeah, that sounds so stupid. That <laughs> that makes me think I never want to go to I Belgium. mean, granted, this was one person online. <laughs> nah, <laughs> he speaks for the nation. Yeah, so anyways, yeah. Do you, so obviously, I think the um, actual televised broadcast is not available online. That's just the official music video. So I don't know what... Do you know, do you know like, what I'm saying? Like, do you, know, do you remember when, like, people were accusing Trump Jr. or someone of being on cocaine for a speech? And, like, when you watch the speech live, you're like, yeah, I can kind of see that um we don't really get to have that kind of evidence because we can't i don't think we have access to the actual live performance but um i think if they were power to them yeah no i can you imagine caring what a square you'd have to be and i just use square which means i'm basically an 80 year old man and i don't wouldn't even can you imagine care. what a milk <laughs> toast you'd have to be uh, yeah what, what a what a fucking loser would you have to be to be like watching it live and be like those are those young people on God forbid. Is that guy half main, half cocaine? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so you asked about what led to the allegation. So again, it wasn't the performance. It was 
there was video footage or a picture of him leaning down over a table before the performance, um, which people mistook as... Uh, that That's what I thought. I thought somebody... I thought I'd read something vaguely about him having simulated doing cocaine. I was like, did yeah, he have like, yeah. white sugar? What does that even mean? I guess he leaned over to the table and... So there explanation of that was that one of them had broken a glass in the green room and so he was looking down to see like where the glass was and so someone took a photo of that and it looked like he was doing cocaine off the table mm. anyways yeah any final thoughts about this story paul any final thoughts about eurovision any final thoughts about uh the italians eurovision is cool italians are cool if kind of unlikable and annoying and uh the band maniskin fucking deserves that w having not heard any of their competitions to compare them again against I think they uh, they took that W for a reason. It's because they rock hard, man. Do you have any last comments? Kids, if you're going to be a rock star, be a fucking rock star. Don't be, don't be this, like, new era of, like, Tyler the Creator, I don't do no drugs or whatever. Like, be, be like, you know, the cool older era. Like, do some drugs. Have some cool stories. Make sure your memoir is really exciting. All right. My big fact is the last living rock star is Kanye West. Prove me wrong. What was that your Steven Crowder? That's your uh, that's your table to <laughs> die on. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, the last real living rock star is Kanye West. Changed my mind. All right, toast to that. Bye, buddy. Loro non sanno di che parlo. Vestiti sporchi fra di fango, giallo di siga fra le dita, io con la siga camminando. Scusami ma ci credo tanto, che posso fare questo salto, e anche se la strada è in salita. Per questo ora mi sto allenando e buonasera, signore e signori, fuori gli attori. Vi conviene toccarvi i coglioni, vi conviene stare zitti e buoni, qui la gente è strana tipo spacciatori. Troppe notti stavo chiuso fuori, molli prendo a calci sti portoni. Sguardo in alto tipo scalatori Quindi scusa mamma se sono sempre fuori Ma 